the RV market is finally beginning to soften. Our lower prices around the corner, plus fuel prices are beginning to dip in the middle of the heavy travel season. But just how many people can afford to travel right now? All that and more on this week's RV and Camping News Roundup. Real quick, before we jump into this week's news, this episode is sponsored by the Togo RV app. The free Togo RV app offers maintenance reminders, recall alerts, checklists, and more for your specific RV. And if you upgrade to a RoadPass Pro membership, you get RV-friendly GPS routing, access to thousands of verified overnight parking location listings, discounts on lots of products like tires and lithium batteries, plus premium access to the other apps under the RoadPass umbrella. Download the Togo RV app for free today and get $10 off your RoadPass Pro membership with the code RVMILES10X. Well, after a record-setting May for RV production, some of the RV industry's biggest players are eyeing cutbacks in the face of a drop in demand for RVs that has finally hit dealership lots. According to a recent report published by RV Business that interviewed several dealerships in the New England area, all have seen a slip in demand over the past few weeks but customers are still coming in the doors. One dealer likened it to pre-COVID 2019 levels of business. Meanwhile, wholesale auction watcher Blackbook is reporting a drop in RV prices, at least in the auction lanes, which are generally a good predictor of what's going on at dealer lots. The average selling price for motorhomes last month was down about $4,400 or 6% over the previous month. Towables were down a bit over 3%. They're still selling for prices dramatically higher than two years ago, though, well beyond the rate of inflation. But cooling demand is here, and it's spurred by higher fuel prices, a falling stock market, rising interest rates, and general uncertainty about the economy. One of the smartest people in the RV space is Brett Davis, the president of National Indoor RV Centers, who's also a former bank president. He's said in the past that the only economic indicator that he's been able to find that correlates with the health of the RV industry isn't gas prices, isn't debt to income ratios, isn't wages or inflation. It's the health of the stock market, specifically the S&P 500. Well, look what's happened to the S&P 500 over six months, a drop of about 20%. So is this a short-term market correction or are we on a downward slide toward a recession? Wall Street seems mixed on the subject, with many saying a recession is inevitable soon and others believing that we're already near the worst of it. But these things are impossible to predict, otherwise we'd all be rich. But when the market is skittish, people are more conservative with their money. Even if we aren't heading into a recession, people are less likely to spend since they don't know what's about to happen, especially for big purchases with so many baby boomers retiring right now. And one of the first things they stop buying is RVs. In fact, Winnebago's health in particular has often been held as a leading edge market indicator. And recent announcements by Winnebago have Wall Street on edge. Winnebago put out its latest quarterly earnings report showing a staggering $1.5 billion in revenue. That's up 51% over the same period last year. And their gross profit was up 61%. But Winnebago is planning for a downturn saying that it has taken a big chunk out of its backlog of orders and will cut production for the rest of the year. That's similar to what we've heard from Thor Industries, and I'm also hearing about longer than normal planned summer shutdowns at some RV manufacturers and perhaps some layoffs. It seems the big players aren't feeling the hit yet, but are planning for it to happen. Part of the recent drop can be attributed to the Federal Reserve's recent 
0.75% interest rate increase. A lot of ink been spilled about how that's the biggest rate hike in 28 years, but what I'm not seeing written about anywhere is how the overall rate is still lower than it was in 2019. It doesn't seem to be affecting anyone's desire to get a loan just yet. That's because employment remains high and wages are up, but a recession will certainly kill jobs, and that's the big concern, even bigger than inflation. Regardless, more rate hikes are expected and they're specifically designed to slow down spending. Inflation is increasing so dramatically because Americans keep spending heavily and borrowing heavily, even with higher prices. Higher interest rates are designed to get people to be less likely to buy a house, take out credit card debt, or buy expensive items that require loans like RVs. I still don't think we're witnessing a dramatic plunge in the RV market. It still feels a bit more of a return to normal after a crazy year of sales and production. But the big question is what will happen in the near future? If I were to venture a guess, which I don't often like to do, I'd say we're looking at seeing some real deals in the fall as the camping season closes. So that's RV sales, but what about travel? Well, fuel prices are devastating to so many people right now, and I particularly feel for full-time RVers and big diesel pushers paying an average of $5.76 a gallon and getting eight miles per gallon right now. The folks over at RV Trader have provided an update to a survey that we shared with you from RV travelers that they took back in March on the effect of fuel prices. 57% of respondents are now adjusting their plans to account for their fuel budget. Over 50% have decided to stay local and travel fewer miles. 36% have opted to skip their multi-location road trip and instead stay in and enjoy one stop for longer. 20% are planning shorter trips and 21% are canceling trips altogether. For 43% of respondents, it was that $5 per gallon fill up threshold that really caused them to reconsider. It was more than they were willing to pay to stick with their original plans. And fuel prices are starting to retreat just a bit, but that's significant because it's the first time it's happened in a while. The average gallon of gasoline has dropped 16 cents below the all-time high set about three weeks ago. It's due to a recent drop in demand and a drop in oil prices. On June 12th, unprecedented amounts of rain began to fall on Yellowstone National Park. Combined with snowmelt, it caused substantial flooding, rock slides and mudslides throughout the park, but mostly confined to the northern loop of Yellowstone's figure eight main road, along with the two northern entrance roads. The historic water levels caused severe damage to those roads, along with water and wastewater systems, power lines and other critical park infrastructure, causing officials to close Yellowstone to all visitors. A monumental evacuation effort of over 10,000 visitors in the campgrounds, lodges, and backcountry was taken on, and there wasn't a single loss of life. Park staff then had to test water and septic systems, survey roads and trails, and make a plan to open the park. Just 10 days later, the southern half of the park reopened to visitors, with the northern loop looking like it would be many weeks, if not months, before it saw visitors again. But that timeline moved up much sooner than expected, and now over 90% of Yellowstone National Park is open to visitors. The Park Service has also dropped the temporary odd-even day license plate restrictions that have been in effect since the flooding. The worst damage within the park boundaries is the North Entrance Road, part of US 89 into the Gateway community of Gardner, Montana, and onto the much larger town of Bozeman. 
The access to Yellowstone is essential to Gardner, and it's largely a community that supports tourism activities. But more than that, the north entrance is the only entrance in the park that is open in the winter. It's the supply route for all of the concessionaires in the park, the lodges, the gift shops, the restaurants. It's how Yellowstone's winter staff connects with the outside world. The road winds through a canyon formed by the Gardner River, which during the flooding largely reclaimed the roadbed. Rebuilding this road is no simple task, and it will not be able to follow the same footprint. The Park Service is working on a temporary solution to provide some critical access from the north, but a permanent solution will be years in the making. So if you're headed to Yellowstone, you can absolutely enjoy it, but don't expect to be coming in through the north or the northeast entrance. Speaking of national parks, our friends over at National Parks Traveler have released a comprehensive guide to RVing in national parks. It's a very thorough guide covering everything you need to know about each campground in the park system, and it's a lot simpler to use than digging through all the various websites. It's $9.95 on Amazon for a short while, and I highly suggest you pick one up. Even six years into full-time RV life, I think I'm going to find it very useful. National Parks Traveler is a nonprofit news agency covering public lands, and your purchase goes to support their mission. I'll put a link in the description. The FCC has authorized SpaceX to allow its Starlink satellite internet service to be used in motion, which is going to be great for RVs, boats, planes, and trains. It also opens up possibilities for a future mobile antenna, which I've heard from multiple sources is definitely on its way one that you can mount to an RV and runs off of 12 volt power. Starlink has already signed deals with airlines and cruise lines in order to provide internet to travelers. Honda has released a new model of its popular quiet inverter generators. The EU3200i delivers 3200 watts of power, enough to start and run most 13,500 BTU RV air conditioners. And it's in a package smaller than Honda's 3000 watt model. It offers Bluetooth shutoff and monitoring, and it can run in parallel with a second generator for up to 6,400 watts of power. It's 59 pounds with a no-choke design and 1.2 gallon fuel tank for 3.3 hours of runtime with a full load and 8.6 hours at quarter load. We've heard from many people recently who've seen a new motorhome or a truck in their price range on a dealer's website, only to show up and find it's already sold or unavailable for some mechanical reason. Meanwhile, they're shown a much more expensive model, especially in the bare bones inventory at truck dealerships. It's a bait and switch practice that the Federal Trade Commission has its eye on, and they're seeking to ban it along with many of the junk fees some end up paying when they make a purchase. The new proposal would prohibit dealers from making a number of deceptive advertising claims to lure in prospective car buyers. A common one that the commission sees are prices that aren't available to the mass public. The price they list online might be only for recent graduates or members of the military. The proposal would also prohibit dealers from charging consumers junk fees for fraudulent add-on products and services that provide no benefit to the consumer. The commission specifically called out nitrogen-filled tires as an example, but you could also lump fabric protection into this category. RV and car dealers wouldn't be able to charge for an add-on without a clear written consent, and dealers would be required to inform customers about the price of the car without any of the optional add-ons. This would also affect the required pre-delivery packages that some RV dealerships make customers pay for cleaning and inspecting the RV. 
dealers would need to provide a true offering price for a vehicle that would be a full price a consumer would pay, excluding only actual taxes and government fees, not dock fees and such that are made to sound like taxes, but are actually charged by the dealer. The Federal Trade Commission says that the ruling could save consumers more than $29 billion over 10 years. The commission's asking for public comment on the rules and you can find a link to the text and where to comment in the description for this episode. That's where I'm gonna leave it this week. I'm Jason Epperson with RV Miles and we'll see you next time.